Welcome to the United Through Him podcast of Noon at First UMC Youth. This is episode number one of our weekly Bible study. On this episode, our associate youth minister, Craig, will lead us through a discussion on the image of God from the beginning of Genesis. So, how is everybody doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good? Thank you. I'm glad you are. Um, We have a really interesting table uh, set up in front of us. Um, uh, Grayson has his usual allotment of Twizzlers and chocolate. And Coke. And we were out of Dr. Pepper. And Coca-Cola products, let's just say that. I'm not complaining. It's been a while. Mimi and uh, Susie had a chocolate rush. They needed to have a little bit of nourishment from the old chocolate bar. Um, Mason has been spontaneously blowing up balloons and um, sort of spitting them across the room. And Brent randomly breaks into applause for no apparent reason and then complains when the rest of us join in. So we're, uh, we're not going to be doing any clapping during this podcast. Just let, let this be a rule right now. There'll be no clapping. And now people are threatening to clap. But there won't be any <laughs> golf class. Uh oh, golf class. And we're stepping onto the 18th hole. <laughs> Tiger blew it over the weekend, right? Or last week? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I just know somebody else was talking about it. So you you also notice on the table in front of us there is a uh, collection of odd things, and you're going to find out more about that in just a moment. And when we when we interact with these odd things, we're going to um, stop the podcast just for a moment. But before we do the stoppage of the podcast and the odd thing engagement, we are going to answer this question. This is like an everybody question. We're going to kind of go around the table. You need to sort of say your name. And then what's one thing that you're good at? Oh, so your name, and what's one thing that you're good at? And that'll be a good way to introduce yourself to the, the listening audience. So we can we can start with Grayson, who's shaking his head no ferociously. Grayson is shaking his head. I think I gave away part of your answer there. Okay, um, my name is Grayson. Uh, I'm in 10th grade. I didn't ask you that. Oh. Sorry, so bad. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, cheater. Looking at the notes. I'm sorry. See, see, I got you. I get distracted. Usually. You Y'all say, know this. You can say it. And what's one thing you're good at? Athletics. Okay. No, we said no clapping. She <laughs> broke the first rule. <laughs> I'm Katie. Um, one thing I'm good at is probably um, running around track. Uh, I'm Laurie. One thing I am good at, um, I have really no idea on the spot. Um, teaching, I suppose. Yes, I'll go with teaching. That's a, that's a good choice. Yeah. She is a good teacher. It, it's good because I am a teacher. Yeah, because that's what you do for a living, so <laughs> that's, a, that's a good choice. She teaches about Jesus, too. She's really good at that. Yeah, she is. Um, I'm Brent. I am, uh, let's see, I'm good at playing piano. Um, I'm Mason, and I'm good at science, because I'm a nerd. I'm Susie, and I'm good at writing. Um, I'm Sophia, and I'm good at helping my friends out. 
I'm Everett, and I'm good at playing video games. I'm Mimi, and I'm good at walking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Craig, and I'm good at driving. This is true. Very true. Nobody's died on a trip yet with Craig. Uh, and Brent has Brent once again uh, <laughs> tried to destroy part of the yeah. recording stuff. Great job, Brent. Safe, it's all just luck. I just want you to know that. Just luck. No, it's not. Okay. So, um, was it kind of strange for you to acknowledge something that you're good at? I mean, was that a weird... Yes. How so, Grayson? I don't know. I, I feel like in society nowadays, we're trying to figure out how we can make ourselves better instead of looking at things that we're already good at. Like, we look at our flaws instead of, like, whatever the uh, opposite of flaws is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not used to complimenting ourselves. We usually only see what we're not good at more than what we are good at. So, yeah, it is hard. It's interesting, though. You know, wh- where do our talents come from? Jesus. Yeah, I mean... They, we usually think of God-given abilities, you know, these talents that we have or these things that we can do well. Um, they're kind of gift. Even walking, I mean, the fact that you can you can walk fast or you can walk efficiently. You know, there, there's Olympic walking. I mean, you can walk really? in the Olympics, yeah. man. It's very strange looking. It is. <laughs> it's quite awkward looking. But they have like this look. I don't know. Like yeah, it's it's odd, super odd. You did. So you didn't know that. You didn't know that. Mimi did not know that she could do Olympic walking. So we we may have created a a new Olympian here. Can't be professional. Well, our lesson tonight is uh, going back to the beginning. It's a good place to start. Anybody watch The Sound of Music? I know Brent hates The Sound of Music. Mm. He he doesn't like anything to do with The Sound of Music and Rodgers and Hammerstein. Uh, I like Rodgers and oh, Hammerstein. I just don't can. like The Sound just of Music. Oh. Grayson has raised his hand. I, Laurie has raised her hand. I love Sound of Music. Brent, why, do you, Brent, why don't you like The Sound hand. of Music? I don't know. It's just, I'm, a, I'm a, from Generation X and I'm supposed to hate everything conventional, so that's just basically oh. what ah. it is. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Well, um, we're going to the very beginning. And in the beginning, it was what book? Genesis. Genesis, yeah. Um, And we're talking about things that we do well. And we're talking about us as part of God's creation. So tonight, um, we're going to take a, for for the podcast listeners, this is going to be like a one-second blink. It's going to go away and it's going to come back. But for us here at the table, it's probably going to pass about 10 minutes. And um, the team here, assembled at the table, is going to take this random collection of objects that's sitting before us. I mean, we have some really weird things. Oh, so you know. was, that, was that balloon necessary? Uh, it could be. I mean, you yeah, may yeah, have, you may have <laughs> pro- well, I'm not used <laughs> your balloon for a projectile. Um, we have some tape, some drinking cups, some toothpicks, some pens, tape. Paper clips, paper, cardboard, playing cards, um, yeah, a bottle cap, some odd things. And what I'd like the group to do is just take a few minutes and create something that represents this group of people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are looks going around the table right now. It represents this group. This group. Of mm-hmm. Awesome. And I think I've been 
So you got to do it. Okay, so this is a pause on the podcast. So we're we're back and we've had a kind of a strange uh, ten minutes of some creativeness and some wasting time and some just interesting doings, uh, such as Mason with a toothpick through a wiffle golf ball, um, making a spinning object and blowing balloons all over the room. So, um, who would be um, willing to explain our creation? Would you be okay, Katie? Sure. So what do we have there before you? Well, this beautiful creation. Um, we have a cardboard hoop around the main part, which represents where we gather every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's um, where we gather for Bible study. Uh-huh. And um, inside we have Mimi's creation, the crown of thorns. Um, we have the ace of hearts and on the heart in it. The heart on it represents Christ's love for us and our love for Christ. The two cups in there represent um, how we fill up or how Christ fills up our cup. Uh-huh. And then we have scissors in there, which represents how we cut or we try to cut sin out of our life with Christ. Um. And then we have sort of a bended paper clip in there with some tape around it, which represents how Christ helps us tape up our life and how we help each other through rough times. That's, that is an awesome explanation. I think that does deserve applause. That's, yeah, very good. That was very good. Very good. And you know, the, and the whole time you guys were doing that, I kept thinking about um, God <laughs> and, and all these like random... Uh, elements around in the universe at the time of creation. You know, there's you've studied the periodic chart. You know, so there's all oh. these, all these you know different elements, atoms, and so he created something, and it was fabulous to hear your description because there were so many things related to salvation and Christ put in at the beginning in your creation here on the table, just like it was in God's creation in the beginning. That's really cool. That's really cool. That's deep stuff. You guys came with some deep stuff. So the creation story um, goes like this. So this is from Genesis 1, uh, 27. Genesis 1, 27, and it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So the word image is used a lot. And you, you've all heard this, you know, we were made in God's image. So what, what is that? What, when you hear that, what do you think? Yeah, go ahead. Pureness. Pureness, an image of pureness. Yeah, what else? When you hear that you're made in God's image, what is, what do you think of when you hear image? What's an image? Like we're made and like exactly what God wanted us to be, like nothing more, nothing less. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. He he chose for us to be what we are and making us to be a reflection of him somehow. I mean, we're obviously we're not God. 
<laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Sorry, you're not God. But to know that you're made in his image, does that mean that uh, we look like him? No. What do you think it means? Me? Yeah. You said no really fast, so you must have an idea. Oh, okay. Grayson said no, by the way, in case y'all didn't catch that. <laughs> um, I say no because I feel like none of us look like Christ because I'm pretty sure in the Bible it says that if we saw God or Christ, I forget which one, we'd be blinded. But also because like we each have to be unique, and I think it means more on a spiritual and emotional level and not physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you are doing your little creation here on the table, um, does what you did, and thinking about Katie's explanation, does what you did reflect the fact that you're created in God's image? Yes. There's some head nodding going yes. on here. Mason is nodding his head. Not Mason. Sorry, Grayson. I was on. <laughs> yeah. We get confused all the time. So what... What's encouraging to you about being made in God's image, thinking about this? I mean, just think about this now. This is just a silly thing we did in 10 minutes, made up of just stuff that I gathered around the room 10 minutes before you got in here. Yet, in some way, that reminds us that we're created in God's image. How is that possible? What is, what is that about? That he took... He thought about making us. He thought what he wanted, and he created it. And so he gave great thought to it. Now, while that was only a 10-minute activity, <laughs> it, the good thought was put in, some good thought was put into it. So that's, I think he really thought about creating all of us. He really, you know, took his time and wanted it to yeah. be perfect, that we are perfect because he created us. He, he was probably way more intentional than we were and just sort of like, well, let's do this and let's do this. He was intentional in what he did, intentional in his creation. Because he has a plan. Because he had a plan. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Sophia. Sophia. Dude, he was about to do it. That was Sophia, by the way. Yeah, he had a plan. We didn't have a plan. We just like, hey, well, let's put these ingredients in and let's put these ingredients in. And we still came up with something that with the right explanation from Katie. What? You put, they put good, they, they found something ordinary and gave it a great gave it great meaning and great thought and meaning and importance. Yeah. So he took us ordinary people and he's made us great. And it's extraordinary people. I was in the city today. I went I took a group from the church to um, WSB TV and radio in Atlanta and wow. we toured there. And we got to see, you know, all the different equipment that's in there, sound equipment and lighting. It's all really cool stuff. Uh, Brent, you should have been there. You would have enjoyed it. Um, really good thing. But when you go into the city and you see all of these creations, you know, maybe part of being made in God's image is that we're creators, too. You know, he intentionally created us, and I saw a lot of intentional creation as I looked around. And not a, I don't mean just churches or something like that, but just all the buildings and all the technology and all the capabilities that we inherited that from somewhere. 
Okay, we didn't we didn't just spontaneously have those talents. God gave us that creative talent. I thought about the Saturn V rocket that took people to the moon 50 years ago. Something that's 330 feet tall. So if you put it on Noonan High School's football field and you put the tail end of the rocket on the back of the end zone, it would stretch all the way to the next other goal line. It weighed six and a half million pounds at launch. Six and a half million pounds. That's a lot of pounds. And it flew. It literally flew. Lifted up. Lifted up. I mean, flew people all the way to the moon and got them back home. I think what's interesting about what you're talking about, too, is like like beavers build stuff, you know, and ants build things. You know, they're animals who build stuff, but they don't like, they do it instinctually. They don't imagine something and then like build it, you know, like with, with intention and with heart or with like a desire really to see something like that. And so, I mean, that, that's more like God designing what he did than, than just an instinctual building. Mm-hmm. So we then are uh, image bearers. We bear his image. So if we're image bearers and we're called to create because that's what God did. He was the great creator. Why do you think some people think they're not creative? I know. That was Mason's uh, alarm going off and startling everyone at the table except for me. I know why. I jumped to the highest, actually. So why do you think some people think they're not creative? If we're made in God's image, which is to be creative. I know. Because, like, I f- well, I feel like everybody's creative, and I've had trouble realizing this, too. But some of us aren't creative in, like, artistic aspects. Mm. And a lot of us are creative in other things. Like, engineering is creative. Mm-hmm. Um, football plays are creative. So many different things that we don't really think of as creative are creative. Yeah. And we just don't see it that way. So therefore we think that we aren't creative. That's a great point. You know, sometimes in our in our labeling, in our idea of what creativity is, we think about art projects. And I just watched you do an art project. Um, It's a good thing that that is not what we're talking about here as far as creative. Just just kidding. Just kidding. But you are creative in so many other ways. Your God-given ingenuity is so much more than being able to paint or play an instrument or play a sport. You know, you're so much more than that. So if we believe that is true, what is it that gets in the way of us seeing ourselves as creative? What gets in the way? Doubt. Ourselves. Ourselves and doubt. Self-doubt. Self-doubt. Society. That's taking those two Other things and putting them together. Opinions. Society. Huh? Other people's opinions. Society. Other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. So somebody labeling you or telling you that you can't do something? Is that mm-hmm. what you mean? It's like if you do something and you think it's cool, someone else might not think. You might think someone might like judge you for like your art. So you don't want to label, you label yourself as like... You can't do it, so you feel better about life. Yeah, it's it's kind of going back into part of the lesson that we did on Sunday, 
where we talk about um, some of those compartments that we put ourselves in, and there are compartments that we allow other people to put us in. So you get labeled as something, you know. Oh yeah, well he's the he's the he's the little brother. Um, he's not as smart as his older brother, or uh, she's the she's the middle sister. I mean, you know, look at this one, huh? Six siblings. I'm smack in the middle. Wow. We're a mixed family. Wait, did you just label yourself as a day of the week? Yes, that's what my mom calls me Wednesday. I love that. I was confused. (laughs) Is it because it's the middle of the week? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's not because of that old saying or anything? Wednesday's child. About Wednesday's child and Thursday's child and all that stuff? (laughs) So... Think about yourself and what we've been talking about. So what is it that actually prevents you from being creative? Craig just pointed at Grayson. I pointed generally. I think... Roundhouse pointing. I think I personally overthink things, and therefore I don't think I'm creative. I think I'm more analytical, but without realizing it, uh, being analytical about things can lead to creation just not artistic like painting artistically but like engineering wise Mm. and trying to figure out like different ways to run a cross-country course Mm -hmm. i think about um sometimes creativity comes from necessity (laughs) um let me how do i say this I'm I'm somewhat frugal at times. What does frugal mean? Um, cheap. Ah. Just to say it bluntly, cheap. Oh, I knew that. I'm cheap. Um, He's thrifty. And because I'm thrifty, I will figure out ways to make things work mm-hmm. that are maybe not necessarily the, the best, long-lasting way to make it work, but it works. it works long enough for me to not have to worry about it for a week or two or however long it is, then it's good. Um, my brother who is technically gifted and way smarter than me, just saying, Um, he will agonize over some detail and not get it fixed. He'll get it fixed, and he'll get it fixed in like a month. And it'll maybe it'll last forever, I don't know. But it takes him forever to get out of that thinking paralysis you're talking about. So sometimes we trap ourselves. And we restrict our own ability to create. So sometimes it's a self-imposed inability to be creative. Sometimes it's just not recognizing that we are creative in a different way than maybe what society tells us, like like you were saying earlier. So the, the good news is you are. You're made in God's image, and you are creative. And you do things that are marvelous and wonderful. And oftentimes you don't give yourself credit for those things. So you're made in his image in every way. In every way. Um, okay, so in addition, in addition to creating humans, God created everything else. He created animals. He did create and animals. Bugs. Let's see, in Genesis one thirty one, and bugs, I like that. Man. This my phone is like it's creeping through life. 
It's homeless there. It's blank. It's homeless there. <laughs> 131. 131. What does 131 say? Uh, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Okay. So after he finishes creating everything, what does he say? It was good. It's good. No, like, it's what? very Wait, good. I've always wondered how long a good, day was very to God. Good. It's very good. You wondered what? I've always wondered how long a day was to God. Well, that's a that's a great theological discussion that we could have at another Bible study. Talking about that when you We can we can talk about how long a photon's life is, and that's also cool. Well, since so in movies, giants are always like slow to us, but we're like tiny little fast-moving <laughs> creatures to them. So if God is big enough to you know create everything. Mm-hmm. Then, and since he knows the future, then wouldn't he, like, wouldn't it be light years or something? (laughs) It could be. We we don't know. If you you just scientifically look at what a day is, what is a day for us? 24 hours. 24 hours. But what what is, what creates the 24-hour day? The sun rising and setting. Why does the sun rise and set? Because of Earth's rotation. The Earth rotates on its axis. So at the point in time that the Earth is created, nobody knows how fast it was spinning. What if it's like, or even if it was spinning, or even if it was spinning around something? And if you look at the, the days that God created on, the sun isn't even created until day four. Whoa! So maybe the way we measure days can't even be measured in the same way that God does it because the spinning of the earth isn't it slowing down now what if it's like a basketball and God went (laughs) and it was just going like God's a Harlem Globetrotter yeah it was just going (laughs) when he first did it and then it's like (laughs) and all you know we don't know watch God be like we'll talk about Curly from now Metal, metal arc limit we don't we don't know that's a great question but scientifically, you know, if you're looking for a scientific explanation, it's really, really hard to know what was going on in the physical world at the time of creation. Because, I mean, there was stuff flying everywhere, you know. It was, it was an incredible time. But the, the main point for tonight is however long it took or whatever, however he did it, to know that you're created in his image and then to know that after he creates it, he says that it's very good. It's very good. Okay, so when you hear the word good, like you tend to think of, okay, if you made good on a calculus test, Mimi. I got to see. Was that what you would think? Yeah. I asked Mimi, not you. Sorry. What would you think? If you got, if you, if you, if your teacher got handed your test and it says good, what do you think? B minus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I probably look over and see what it actually answered, and <laughs> if many? she corrected it or if she did actually did it right, like actually corrected yeah. it correctly. But if she if she said, "Oh, you're you're t- you were superior or excellent," yeah. you go, Whoa! right? Yeah, 
you no, Mimi would no, not. Mimi would not do that. But when you hear the word good in a school context, you think of, eh, okay, it's good. It's not like marvelous. But when you hear the word good coming from God, what does that mean? Yeah, a trillion. Think of this. What if it's not like a good, better, best kind of thing, but it's more of an opposite of something else? Bad, bad. If in 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 God's terms, what's the opposite of good? Not just bad. Evil. Thank you very much. It's not. It's not just that it's good or bad. That's not. It's that it's good or it's evil. And so what he's saying is, this creation is what? What's a good word? What's a good adjective? Not evil. Not evil. What's a good adjective for not evil? Help. Holy. Holy. Because he made it. Yes, oh, we have an exclamation on Sophia's face. She's putting her hands up to her face in exclamation happiness. So it's not only that it's not bad. It's not only that it's okay. It is that it is holy because he made it. Now, I want you to think about how does this apply to you? If you're made in God's image... You have, you you hold in your heart, you hold in your hands the ability to respect and to be and to follow and pursue what is holy. It's built into your nature. Wow. You have the ability, God-given ability, to create holiness because he created it and you're observing it and you're living it out. I saw something Hannah posted on Noonan Youth, I think. Uh -huh. It was yeah. like today or yesterday. It said, make heaven crowded. That was cool. Yes, I saw that. And how do you do that, Katie? Spread the holiness. Spread the holiness? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesomeness. So, when God looks at us, I'm going to, and, and take it and personalize it even more than that. When God looks at you, Pointing Roundhouse pointing. Roundhouse pointing again. And this, this might be hard for you to hear or hard for you to even think about. But when he looks at you, what does he see? Knowing, knowing what we've just said. He sees his creation. He sees his creation. And what does he call his creation? Humans. <laughs> he calls it good. He calls it good. So, though we're living in a broken world, though we're living in a society that wants to tell us negatives about ourselves, though we're living in a place where we want to put ourselves in a box or compartmentalize our lives, we're given the potential. We're given 
the life that God sees us having, this holy life that he wants us to have. Now, the other piece of this, you're given this ability. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with this? So, you know, so many of us think about things in our life that are not going well or, or things that we've done that are unholy and we see ourselves as damaged. Yet there's a God who made us, who looks at us and says, that's my creation. That reminds me of the song that goes, like, he wants me, and it, like, the king of heaven wants me. Like, and that song's always spelled out, out to me, because, like, you know, no matter how, like, broken down this world makes us, no matter how much we've done wrong, and, like, how many sins we've had, he still <coughs> wants us, because we're still his. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having a moment of realization? Yes. That's exactly what that song means. I love that song. Yeah, so that's a question I want you to really think about. Like you leave this place and you go off into your everyday everyday lives. I want you to really think about how God sees you. I don't necessarily mean what you're doing at the moment, like, you know, whatever activity you're doing. Like, but how how does he how does he view his creation and how does he view you? Okay. Uh, could somebody read Genesis three, one through three for me? Okay. Now the serpent was more suitable than any beast of the field which Jehovah God had made. And he said unto the woman, Ye hath God said, Ye shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, Of the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat, it, eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Okay. That's, that's an... An old uh, dropped out some King James King version James version on us. It's there. a pirate language. <laughs> it's the American Standard Version. Is it really? It is. Yee yee. Yee. It's the yee yee version of the Bible. It's the way down south. My scissors. Yee. It's the way down yonder on the chat. All right. So, what tree does God tell Adam and Eve not to eat from? The tree of the knowledge. The tree of knowledge. Of good and evil. Good and evil, yeah. And what does he say will happen to them? They will die. They will die. Die. <laughs> okay, um, somebody read Genesis 3, 4, and 5. All right. Okay. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat it, that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Okay. So according to the serpent, what will happen to Adam and Eve? They will die. Oh, wait, no. They if they die. eat from the tree? They won't die, but they'll know good and evil like God does. But in some way, they are dying because they're losing part of their purity. Yeah, but what he what he tells them is, oh, you're not going to die. Come on. He sounded just like that, by the way. <laughs> you're not going to die. you, you got to be kidding, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, all right, so go back to uh, Genesis one twenty seven, and 
remember it was the first one I read. It said we were made in his image. So who are Adam and Eve currently like? God. Okay. So this is a weird kind of little paradox here. So we said that they were made in God's image. And so therefore they're like God in a lot of ways. They are being tempted to eat the fruit of this tree. Why? What do they think is going to happen if they eat of the fruit of the tree? They're going to die. No. Oh. <laughs> Nobody would do that. Like, hey, let's eat this and die. And they did. No, that's not what happened. Huh? What, they're Sophia? They're going to become like a god. They're going to become like God? Figure? Like a god's figure? Okay, so they're made to already be like God. Well, in his image. They will be more powerful. Than and them. so they think that they can eat of this fruit and become more powerful and be like God. Yes? Yes. 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 Do, do, do you see the craziness of that thinking? They're insane. They need to wait. go to a mental hospital. The, our ancestors. <laughs> they didn't have those yet. Whoa, 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 wait. If God is the one who created it and put the knowledge inside of it, Without eating that, could that make them smarter than they were deceived? They were deceived, yeah. But but the logic I want you to see here, and that maybe you've never thought about before, is that they were already like God. God made them like Himself. They were not as powerful. I think you used the word powerful before, Sophia. Maybe they were not as powerful as God, but they were already made in His image, and so here they're going to eat this fruit to be more like God. It's like what? I want to know their logic. Wait, so <laughs> that's the first thing I'm gonna ask. Were they already like appear to God, or were they thinking that they were below, but they wanted? They were below for sure. Okay. Because because he 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 made them. So they were thinking that they could be God's peer. Sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds like it. They thought they were going to come up to some higher level. But they're missing the point. Because he already put in them all the goodness. Right? The creation was good. So he had put in them all this goodness. And now, because of their warped thinking, they're going to eat this fruit. Yes. And it's interesting because like, they, they were made and they were said that they were good which we just talked about a little while ago, was already holy. Yeah. Like it's whole, it's complete. It has everything that it needs to be. And then, so yeah, and you will be like God knowing good. Well, they they are good. They already know it. But then, and evil, it's like this whole <laughs> other, this, this thing that's probably enticing of something I don't know about maybe. And, you know, so, but the serpent who's there, you know, is normally associated with the, the one who set himself, tried to set himself above God, you know, as, a, as an enemy. And then he's, here he is, and he's the non-holy things. Not only will you know the holy things, you'll know the non-holy things, the that, evil. I wonder if after they ate that, they realized that the fruit is the non-holy thing. Because then they would not know the evil things. And like the fruit and the snake and would have been like instant, like total regret. Oh, oh instant right. total regret. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It'd like to like, know, oh, like, like, like the what bite they also. felt. We no, done you. Like, oh no. Well, they did. We, we done messed up. <laughs> we done messed up. <laughs> oh, laws oh, and logic. <laughs> we done you. 
Sophia. If the only rule was to not eat the apple, would <laughs> or the fruit? Would, yeah. Would <laughs> how do I? So was the fruit like something bad, or was what? What did the fruit represent? Or the knowledge something? of good. That's it. That's a very good question. I mean. A lot of people look at this tree and this fruit more as a it's a symbol that he put before them intentionally because he wanted them to be obedient. So, so he they puts were basically little toddlers disobeying their parent because in spite of them saying not to. Not to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's just a toddler thing. Though. So, I mean, there are a lot of things that we do, even as teenagers, right? Where in spite of what your parents tell you to do, what choice do you go make? And as adults, too. Yeah, yeah. So even though even though you know better, even though you know you shouldn't do it, the enticement Still, yeah. is too big. <laughs> the enticement is too great. Is it like God knew they were going to do it, right? What do you think? He had a plan yes, for them, and I think he knew that they were going to eventually. God knew or he had future. a plan that they were going to do it. He was like, I tell you not to, but in the back of his mind, he knows that he's going to make them. That's a huge theological question. That, like, <laughs> yeah, is, it is. Could take like an entire season full of podcasts if you wanted well, to. I mean, Just like, does God know before you do the wrong thing that you're going to do the wrong that? thing? Did God purposely you know? do that? That's the question. But it's like God. I was talking. This, this kid asked me. He was like, he's an atheist. He's like, was it Richard? I don't remember who it was honestly. But he was like, how come if God's so good and um, if God was so good and he like loved us, then why would he let bad and evil things happen? And I, I told him that, you know, God, he does, he, he doesn't like, he, he helps us, but it's our choice ultimately, like the choice is ultimately ours to make. Cause it's like, yeah. he might know what's going to happen, but it's our choice to either do the right thing or the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if God could put that in our lives. So we'd be more appreciative of him and the good things in life. I mean, that's like us being more like him because we we have the choice to, you know, do what we want. It's not like he's because like, what's the point of having a god if you don't have a choice to like follow him? It's like having like God forced to, but it's like a dictatorship. Or maybe God is looking for those who are obedient in spite of all those things. He's looking for those to be holy and to glorify him. And so I want to make sure that you don't go toward a human view on this. All this is not for your benefit. It's for his benefit. Yeah. He didn't have to create us. He doesn't need us. <laughs> Just be honest. He doesn't need us. So as his creation, he delights in us loving him, coming to him, living our lives for him, being holy. He, he delights in us when we glorify him. 
It's not a matter of, well, we do these behaviors and we are glorified. It's a matter of you living your life to glorify Him. So it's how it all comes back to Him. He's God. He is the Creator. He is the one who pronounces what is good or not. So how we live our lives, how we worship and glorify Him, how we focus on Him is the difference. So what that fruit or that tree or whatever those objects were, they were distractions that were there for whatever reason. But they distract us, whatever those things are. They distract us from Him and they prevent us or harm our ability to glorify Him. So those who come to Him, and we, we know from the New Testament stories about the lost, the lost who come back, those who see the truth, they see the error of, the, of their ways, they recognize what their personal distractions are. Those who come back through, even they went through all that, they come back to Him. Those are the most precious to Him. They're just as precious as somebody who's holy the entire life. It's all about how he's glorified. And that's why he made you the way he did in his image. So you have that potential. Every one of us has that potential. And what we do with it, as somebody said earlier, I think it was Mason, you know, what we, what we think of in our faith, we believe in free choice or free will. So the, our ability to choose him is put in front of us. So what do you do with it? But part of, part of getting through the obstacles is recognizing that he sees you as his creation. And he has put in you this ability to create good. And that's what we do. That's your challenge going forward. Thanks for listening to United Through Him. If you're a middle school or high school student and would like to join the podcast discussion, we meet for Bible study on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. in the Youth Lounge at Noon and First United Methodist Church. We also have youth worship in the same place most Sunday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Follow us on Instagram at Noonan Youth. That's N-E-W-N-A-N-U-T-H. You can also contact our leadership at U-T-H at noonanfumc.org. Thanks again for listening to United Through Him.